What is up, people, and thank you so much for listening in to this episode of the New Generation Hero Talk Podcast. I am your host, EJ Stewart. I'm really excited for this week's show. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. I don't waste too much time, but we got some uh, Guardians of the Galaxy news, some Suicide Squad news, some potential X-Men news, uh, and so much more. We have a trailer from Watchmen. We'll be reviewing Titans this week. This was a really jam-packed week news for the superhero superhero TV and, and the movie universe that we follow so closely on the show we talk about so i want to get uh right to all that story joining me are my co-hosts shamari and kendall and shamari before i uh we get into all that stuff i do want to quickly uh mention that uh deleted scene we got from kevin feige uh which was really got a lot of fans excited obviously it was a deleted scene from iron man it doesn't it's not canon doesn't mean anything but it was a, a kind of a remix, so to speak, of the Nick Fury uh, Avengers scene where he uh, talks about being uh, adding Tony to the Avengers initiative. Yes. It's uh, definitely, to me, one of the most iconic scenes in uh, Marvel Studios history. You can make the case it's the most significant post credit scene in Marvel Studios history. And yeah, it's, it's a significant scene in superhero movies. Yeah, yeah. 1,000%. Uh, it's the beginning of... Uh, producing shared universes with superheroes which we never had before that very scene so um but that the remix that they kind of had on it it included some stuff that was not in the initial scene so uh if you've seen it already um obviously this is spoilers so if you haven't maybe just fast forward maybe five or ten minutes and then or check it out pause it check it out and then listen to the rest of this podcast but it's nick fury in that same scene uh, approaching tony stark about the avengers initiative but in his approach to Tony Stark, instead of, uh, you know, only talking about wanting to join him with the Avengers, he mentions having the crisis of having to deal with gamma radiation, uh, uh, you know, uh, accidents, which, okay, that's Hulk, which is, that's not, nor- that's not too abnormal. We knew a Hulk movie was coming. Then he says radioactive bug bites, <laughs> which are like, whoa, Spider-Man? And then uh, assorted mutants. So Nick Fury, in what was a a very quick quick soundbite, mentioned Hulk, Spider Man, and the X Men all in one thing in terms of including Tony Stark in what was this shared universe of superheroes. We know in the original version he talks about how there's more stuff out there than just you, and we they were very vague, of course, because they didn't know what the future would hold for Marvel Studios. But here, clearly, they wanted to have fun. They kind of made a, a you know a scene as if they had everybody under one house. And, sham, it got me excited, but it also kind of got me sad. Because it was like, man, imagine, imagine if from the day one, they started with Iron Man and they had everything in tow. And, like, what could have been. Imagine if we had Wolverine, uh, Jean Grey, uh, and the X-Men included in the Infinity Saga. I mean, that would have been insane. I that would I would have lost my mind. Yeah, imagine having the Phoenix in the in the, the Phoenix, in the Professor yeah. X, Magneto. I mean, sheesh. I mean, what can Magneto do with the Gauntlet? Yeah. I mean, it's like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It changes everything. It really, really changes everything. So that that would have been insane. Um, but yeah, it's crazy that they were they were planning that far ahead to for having everybody on board. Um, uh, I mean, I didn't even. I mean, I'm surprised that that uh, that Feige was like, "Listen, I don't know what kind of deal Bob is going to strike up, 
but just in case, you know, we're just gonna we're just gonna film yeah. all these crazy scenes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's incredible. So I'm I'm yeah, very yeah. very surprised, and that's for the first movie. That's Iron Man. That's the uh, very well, beginning. Yeah, it's the very beginning. Uh, so he was playing this from the very beginning. So that's it, it's crazy, but it's also good because I'm glad he plans for a lot of these different things. So even yeah, now he he's probably yeah he has all these contingencies like Batman almost. So even now probably he's filming additional scenes. I'm sure for yeah whatever films he wants to. Well now he has everything, so I guess he doesn't have to worry about that. But you and, know, and, and Kendall, and Kendall, I feel yes, Kendall, I feel like it kind of it kind of throws a lot of cold water on his own statements about how oh yeah I don't work on anything or worry about anything that's not under my properties and oh I haven't even thought about the X Men or anything. <laughs> I mean, clearly oh, that's yeah, just yeah. that does we we never believed it, but that's clearly not true now, right? Oh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, of course. I mean. I mean, clearly that scene at that point in time, like you said, EJ was, and like also Shamari said, if for some reason we are able to get these characters, because remember, this is at a time in which, like Shamari said, this is the first movie in the MCU. So they could have done that, just use that scene as a post credit scene, if in some magical way that they were able to get a deal done with Fox, Universal, and Sony at the time, to get all three of those characters under their umbrella, they would have been able to, they would have been able to put that post-credit scene out there. They didn't have to cast anybody, they didn't have to change any other movie. It would have been very simple. It becomes a little more complicated now to integrate the X-Men, to integrate Spider-Man, to integrate uh, the Fantastic Four, because they've they've had this whole, all these years, they've had all these different movies, now it has to all fit under one canon, and it gets a little sloppy, um, but yeah, I mean, clearly that was their motive. If we can somehow, if I agree, like Shamari said, can somehow back the Brinks truck to the point where we, he could get all these characters under one roof, that would be ideal. Um, but uh, it, it, again, like you, like you said, EJ, it was it, it's like you said, it's definitely disappointing because again, you think of the what if. Um, exactly. You know, part of me is glad because I think they were able to one boost the 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 the, the appeal of some other uh, and the star power of some other properties like Guardians, you know, and Ant Man and stuff. But For sure. um, and they've been able to now stretch it out to the point where you can lose Iron Man and potentially lose Spider Man, but now you're introducing the X Men, you're introducing the Fantastic Four. So you've established Black Panther, you've established Captain Marvel. Exactly. You now, if you, if you use those characters, if you use those characters all at once, we're going to be saying, uh, "Are we getting tired of Professor X? Are we getting tired of?" We may be at a point where half these characters are gone anyway. You know, so um, I'm glad that and I'm not. I, I I think we're fine where we are right now, but it is that is kind of like a, a ridiculous alternate universe that we that we that some people are living in right now, <laughs> where. They did have those movies all at one all at one point, um, and Marvel was producing them all. Um, well, makes you wonder though what else they have out there, and if oh, there's yeah. more like that out there. Oh yeah, they're definitely more create. I think there are wild Easter egg deleted stuff that we will never see that have yeah. been taped that would be blow our minds. 
for sure. Yeah. The one, you know, one, I thought this was beautiful marketing by Marvel. Uh, and for a lot of reasons. One, to get people excited about what's to come with Fox, because it clearly shows that they're fully ready and willing and excited about the idea of incorporating the Fox properties within into the, you know, Marvel universe that they've established. They were they were excited about trying to do it from the beginning. So that that was smart. It also was smart because it reminded people again, hey, we don't have Spider Man. Wouldn't it be great now that we have all these other characters that we're mentioning in this deleted scene if we also had had Spider Man back too? So it, it riles back up that fan base who were angry at Sony. And three, uh, it's exci- it, it, it makes sense because it just uh, it, it it just it it kind of adds more lore to what they've established with that scene being as iconic as it is. But I can't help when I see this scene jump to conspiracy theories real quick. And All right, conspiracy EJ. So so the question you have to say is why would they have taped this? Yes, a lot of it probably was for fun, but. I, Sam Jackson ain't paid by the... He's paid by the hour. <laughs> I don't think... That's not a guy, in terms of his paycheck, I'm wasting time with in regards to, oh, just do this extra thing for me. Like, he's someone that I'm pretty sure it's like, I'm only doing here this one deleted scene. Y'all better have your stuff ready, and we ain't wasting time with anything. So, to me, there had to be a reason for why they taped this. I think that the effort to weave in the X-Men, and I'm talking about the Hugh Jackman X-Men, and Spider-Man began since they were building Iron Man, since they were making the Iron Man movie. I think that right. they, I think that they were probably, they had no chance. It was like trying to, you know, it was like, uh, it was like, you know, the nerdy kid trying to ask out the, the, the captain of the cheerleading squad. Because <laughs> Marvel at that point obviously had no infrastructure, no, you know, real keep you know cachet no money really but i think for them they probably felt like look we just got universal to do some kind of deal with us on hulk and now we have the hulk that's going to be in this universe that we're trying to create who's to say somehow we can't strike a deal with uh sony uh, with a uh, fox or sony to do what they did with the hulk which was maybe do what one of those movies but in, it's it's still a sony movie it's still a Right. What would they end up doing with Spider-Man? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. What they they did in the future. That, to me, this to me tells me that these efforts started from the very beginning. That they've probably been trying to do this every single year. For years. Every single year since they did Iron Man. Which, that's really encouraging to me. Because it shows that they understand the importance in terms of the creative aspect and, of course, the marketing money aspect. How important it is to have all these characters in the fold? Yeah, I think I think um, it also shows you how difficult it is because it took what almost ten years to get one mm-hmm. character in Spider Man. Yeah. And I think that um, you know, and not to you know give one guy all the credit, but I think a lot of that falls on Kevin Feige. You know, I think he is the one that's pushing these because he's a he. He's one of those people who's like, you could tell this guy, and I've, again, I've seen interviews and things where he's talking about how he loves these characters. Oh, quick, He sure. truly loves these characters. He loves these stories. He grew up with these stories. He knows the importance of having all these characters under one umbrella, and he knows that that is the ideal scenario for him, for Disney, for Marvel, and for the fans. He knows it. You know, he, he knows that that's the best story to tell, so... 
um, it makes everyone's job easier. It makes his job much easier. So I, I guarantee you he was absolutely pushing. Um, I mean, I don't think he was calling Bob every day, but he was calling somebody every day and saying, listen, how, so how's that deal going? What are we doing with that? How's that? You know, he's probably trying to make it so that that, um, goes through and he's probably very upset that, you know, the Spider-Man thing fell out, but, um, but yeah, I, I do think I think I think Feige is behind a lot of that. I really do. Yeah, that's the one. That's the only if there's you know we you know obviously this Sony, Marvel Disney fiasco is very difficult to kind of decipher, and people will have their perceptions of it. There was one thing that really did bother me in terms of how either side painted it. I, I thought Sony, it was strategic, but Sony really made painted it as if. Feige was being the jerk, and he, like he didn't have the time or wanted more money to do what he was doing. And I can't imagine yeah, that no, to be the case at all. True. Like that just seems crazy to me that he would just be too busy for Spider Man, and that they somehow couldn't work something out. Like, that just is it's so ridiculous because as we see with this kind of release, like how passionate the dude is about this stuff, that he would be so callous to let it slip away. Like it just. With that, after that scene, it just seems extreme. It was preposterous even when they said it, but now it just seems completely absurd. It's right. like there's no way that's how this went down, and it, it leads me to, 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 and I already have kind of been more on the side anti Sony about how this all went down, but it leads me to be to be less believe less believing in anything they say about anything regarding these, uh, these negotiations. My 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 last question on this is that. When he says, when they, well, obviously we know how they end up using the Hulk, you know, and how they end up using Spider-Man. Yeah. But when they say assorted mutants, one, do we think that that, do we think that this scene suggests that the mutants have been around this whole time, potentially? That they could go with that, that narrative that, like, Mm-hmm. The X Men have been a thing, and it's not going to be like all oh, the snap calls. I mean, they could change whatever they want since it's not canon. But, um, and is there anything to take from the the terminology of assorted mutants? Like, right, like that is scattered, a weird, that is a weird, you know, not mutants, yeah. not like you know the X Men, or not you know superpowered beings or whatever. Like, just assorted mutants, as if they're scattered all across. Yeah, assorted, assorted suggests they're scattered and they're not many, right. Yes. Which we know, typically in the Marvel Universe, there are, at times, they've been millions of mutants. Right. Um, to answer the first question, which was, uh, was the first question was regarding, like, like what was Have they been around the whole time? Have they been around the whole time, off? right. Uh, I, I think it's just, we, 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 I just think it was so far ago that I don't think that anything they shot that wasn't canon can be taken into consideration with regard to how they're going to act now. It's just so much has changed. Yeah. And, like, they've gone so many... I, I think I think in their head, when they shot that scene, like, okay, maybe if you don't get it in Iron Man 1, maybe we'll get it a lot sooner than 10 years. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, like, right. So, for, for that plan to work. I'm not saying they assume that. I'm saying, for this to ever work, maybe if somehow we get it in the next two or three years, or four years, we could write the other movies in a way in that they, you could still put mutants in there. I think by the time you get to it now, going entering phase four, like I, I think at this point, they've thrown, they've thrown anything they had in terms of how to insert mutants out of the window. So now it becomes a new plan. Does that mean that they, that doesn't mean they still won't 
decide to say, oh, they've been mutants all along. They could still decide that. I just don't think that anything they thought in 2009 is going to impact how they insert, insert mutants in beginning in 2019. In terms of planning, of course, we probably won't see them in a movie until early as 2021. Right. Yeah, I'm thinking all on the same lines. I mean, I don't think that... Um that they're uh, gonna kind of retroactively, they're gonna go go back in their their film database and try to put mutants in the way that they might have done it before. I think they're gonna work with what they have now. I think that I think that's the best way to approach this. Um, is to okay, what is the Marvel universe like now? And then they're going to make adjustments based on that. Um, uh, so yeah, I definitely agree with EJ. Any, any thoughts on the assorted mutants aspect of it? And the assorted assorted mutants, I agree with that as well. I mean, I I think that um, uh, it seems to imply that there aren't many mutants around, which makes sense because I do think they were basing it off of um, off of the uh, the Fox X Men at the time. So he worked on those movies exactly. So. so I mean, I think that's what that's kind of what they were going with with regards to assorted mutants because X Men was only like what like. 10 people or I mean it was more it was like there were more people in the mansion but the team was only like like 10 people so right I, so I think that's more so um, uh, what they were going for in terms of talking about assorted mutants in the original Nick Fury scene this is nothing to do with mutants or anything but when when he says I want to talk to you about the Avengers initiative and Tony in this scene asks him what are we avenging he says whatever the hell do you want does he does that exchange happen in the original one no, no, right? I thought that was he, he, it, it, it cuts off right. right he says cuts off right when he says, "Yeah." I think honestly, it. it I was gonna ask which off. one. You, you think that this was better? No, I think that I think it should cut off after he has Avengers Initiative. And like, if they would, if it would have been the second one, like with that, with that part, I mean, that would have been perfect. But um, I don't think we need the Tony exchange. Yeah, like, I, what I, are we? What are we avenging? Like. I thought it sounded um, just in terms of critiquing anything about it, other than it was alive. It was amazing. It was obviously only like ten seconds. I do feel like Fury sounded a little almost evil, <laughs> right? Like yeah, whatever the hell yeah. we want. It's like what? Whoa! It kind of it sounded <laughs> like a Sam Jackson line. It almost sounded like ad libbed. Like, I I, I right. could make the case that that maybe that wasn't in the script. Like, but especially considering they all knew this probably would never see air, and maybe Tony, like maybe Robert messing around, maybe added a line in there, and Sam just going off the top of his head just said something, because it kind of doesn't make sense. Avenge whatever the hell we want, like what? Right. You kind of can't avenge whatever you want. Something has to happen <laughs> in order for you to avenge. Organization. Right. So, it, 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 like, it now he his delivery was phenomenal. He said it the way you need to say it. It was great. I just thought in terms of what Fury is, what Shield was at the time, it just seemed like a weird line. I just had to, I had to say that because it, it did strike me. Because I was like, did he say that in the original? I don't remember that that exchange. Honestly, it might have been. It might. It probably was in the original, and they cut it. They, they might realize probably. They probably realized it makes sense to just cut it here. Yeah, but they. But since you know this was deleted, you know they're like put everything. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm glad that I saw it. I mean, it's cool. Like, I think all this stuff is really cool. And, um, I just, but I did think that was interesting in regards to, like, imagine if they put this in this event, in the Avengers re-release that they did 
Like this is I would have rather seen this than anything they had in that that re release. Yeah, honestly. That that would have been like partially worth it. Yeah. That would have been like I still would have been like, this is a money grab, but at least I would have been like, Wow. Like, if they like, told we're nobody talking, we're talking about it for twenty minutes. Yeah, if they told yeah. no if they told nobody that that was gonna be in the re release and then you went to the theater and you saw that, you, yeah, you'd be like, yo, what I saw was crazy. Like, yeah. Especially considering it came after the Fox deal and stuff. That would have been that seems like a missed opportunity. I don't know why they wouldn't have included that. Um well, they want people to buy the box set. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's always the money you grab. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's always the money involved. Um, yeah, man, I thought the Fury stuff was cool. I'm glad we got to chat about it because uh, checking out that scene, a lot of people it grabbed a lot of people's attention to grab our attention, and uh, it just leads you excited for what the future holds. Uh, we don't know what it can hold for Spider Man, of course, but with the X Men now in the fold, it just leads you to understand that they're in good hands. Uh, there are people that understand this. They have plans, and that's exciting. Um, let's let's go to uh, the rest of the story this week. So I want to begin with James Gunn because he made a lot of news this week. Let's begin with the Suicide Squad stuff. So we now officially have um, a, a basically a full casting. You know, obviously it's not every single person in the movie, but everybody that matters essentially um, has been announced because James Gunn uh, released a, a, a casting list. Of, uh, of all the characters, all the actors that will be in the movie. And it includes some of the people you'd expect. So Viola Davis, Margot Robbie. And we've all, of course, mentioned how, uh, you know, Jay, uh, Jai Courtney is going to be back in it. And um, and that Idris Elbow will likely be in it in some capacity as well. And But we got the rest of the whole entire class. Uh, so that included Michael Rooker, who was uh, rumored to be in it. Um, John Cena is in this movie. Pete Davidson's in this movie. Taika. Taika Waititi is in this movie. Uh, Jennifer Holland, Tanisha uh, Kajisi. Um, it's a it's a extremely long list. He titled it Joel Kinnaman, of course, is returning as a as a flag. Mm-hmm. Um, he captioned the photo in the tweet saying, uh, "Don't get too attached," which obviously yes. makes a lot of sense and. I was kind of excited by that notion. It's it's way better marketing than the the the, the I told you more yesterday. I was like way better than the nonsense Slipknot. Oh yeah, you know? yeah Slipknot. Oh yeah, like, these, these are all the major actors in, and characters in, in, in that the are in the whole movie, and we're gonna throw in this other guy who's a part of the team, but we didn't market him at all. <laughs> like and he's like that makes no sense. N- yeah. None of the trailers. I'm like, wow. I mean, this extra guy, who's that? Oh, he's probably yeah. Guy, so. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, as soon as you... I didn't even know he was in the movie until the movie started. I was like, oh, that guy yeah, didn't get blown Yeah, off. they pretended like he was part of the team. I'm like, he's not in any of the trailers. <laughs> it's a Suicide Squad movie. Obviously, he's going to die. Yeah, oh, man. That suicide was, part. Yeah, that was a mess, um, how they how they figured that out. So, uh, what did y'all think of the casting? Um, Obviously, John Cena, to me, is the most interesting name. He'd been I, attached to some MCU roles. and I'd agree with that. You know... For him to, to to not really, I mean, I hadn't heard his name really attached to Suicide Squad at all. I mean, yeah, I had heard the whole rumor with him in DC was you <laughs> Shazam. So um, to now see him as a uh, whoever he's playing Suicide Squad, I, you know, is he playing a Rick Flag type role? You know, obviously Rick Flag still in the movie, but um, is he playing a, a military role or is he playing a villain? I don't know, but. Um, I imagine some of these bigger name actors though will be uh, 
I think we're going to get multiple bombs going off in this movie. Which is yeah. why they say don't get it too attached. Yeah, and I like that. I like the idea that um, there's a real suicide effect to Suicide Squad. Like, you don't know who's going to be the one to be there at the end of the movie. Right, and, and, and you're talking about bomb going off, which is true. It also could just be what they're doing is so dangerous. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they could, they could die in, in the fields of battle, too. Right, exactly. Because, yeah. of course, the, the mission, that's why they call it Suicide Squad. They do the missions that literally no one else would take because you die. Uh, they're suicide missions. So that makes a lot of sense that they would go with uh, that caption from James Gunn. So that was smart. Yeah, I think Cena is obviously the big name, I would agree. And not just because we're all wrestling fans, but like, <laughs> um, he's a name in Hollywood that is growing and he is. He's, yeah. clearly there's a movement to get him something big eventually. And he's working towards that, clearly. And Trying to be Captain America. <laughs> it, it, clearly, <laughs> clearly he's working towards that. So it's like, so I think for a lot of us, it's like, okay, when's that break break going to come and what's it going to be in? Um, I'm assuming he's not going to be top billing in this movie when you got Viola Idris and Margot Robbie. So he's not going to be the top, top person. But him being in a movie that's going to certainly be marketed a lot will, will likely have, uh, it's going to have a massive budget. And I, I would assume it's going to perform well in the box office. It raises profile once again and maybe leads him closer to that big role. And as Kendall's mentioned, he's already been linked to a lot of superhero movies uh, already. So him being in one now is interesting. Uh, in terms of what that could hold for the future and and who he is. I mean, he could be a character that maybe can be used in other movies if his character survives. Um, Pete Davidson struck out to me, too. Because that's a... Yeah, he had been rumored earlier in the week. That's just a weird... (laughs) It's a very weird casting. Shout out to him, also. I know he was dealing with a lot of personal, uh, you know, stuff and and, and some mental mental health uh, concerns. Right. So it's great to see that he's getting work he's been casting a big movie and i hope you know he continues to be doing much better than he was a year ago uh, but he's an interesting name to me because he doesn't look like a superhero at all um right. yeah he does not built like a superhero there's nothing about him that screams superhero he don't even look like a su- and he kind of looks like a supervillain but he's so skinny and so like you know kind of frail looking it's just how he kind of looks it's like right. who could he possibly be playing uh so i'm but he's extremely talented uh and I, I just I, I he excites me because the idea of him being in a James Gunn movie just sounds very fascinating. I feel like their sense of humor is very similar, so I feel like he fits right into what James Gunn likes. Now yeah. superheroes, I don't anticipate him. That fit seems weird, but James Gunn, the fit seems like a hand and glove. Right. So he's the other name that really excited me about this. Also noteworthy, I mean, they got Doctor Who in here. I mean, they got Peter Capaldi. Yeah. I mean, that's going to attract a lo- quite a lot of people. I yeah. think it's probably understated how many people are going to be like, Doctor Who's in it? <laughs> yeah. And then they're going to go see the movie. Um, so that's pretty exciting. Um, I mean, for me, the standout is Tycho. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tycho's hilarious. Uh, and James Gunn's pretty, a pretty funny guy as well. So I feel like they're them working on this movie together. I mean, I feel like that's going to be something special. Um, uh, Sean Gunn being in the movie, I mean, that's no surprise. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, you kind of figured he would be in the movie. Um, uh, but, yeah, I mean, they're adding people. They got some 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 very solid uh, actors and actresses included. In, and uh, um, I'm sure not all these people are going to be included in the Suicide Squad. But, 
uh, you know, don't get too attached. I mean, I feel like the, a lot of these people are not going to survive, whether they're in or not, whether they're in or not in the Suicide Squad. For sure. You know, they're they're just people are going to be taken off the board. Uh, man, if DC, because what's the next DC movie? Let's Joker. We got Joker. Okay, after Joker. And then Birds of Prey. Yeah, Birds of Prey. So I Birds mean, of Prey before Wonder Woman. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Birds of Prey is coming out in February. <laughs> Birds of Prey, man, that that movie. That's, I can't that's, that's next February. Yeah, it's coming out in February. Dave butchered that marketing campaign. I'm going to say that already. Well, there's a lot of I don't want to turn into the Birds of Prey discussion, but there's a lot of real back and forth. You know, I'm sure I know you're a big Grace Randolph person. She she's been talking a lot about what the story could potentially be, what it was. And they, they may have reshot it to be something I've completely different. I've heard something about reshoots, yeah. Yeah, yeah right. you know, like, it's a messy, kind of a messy situation with that movie. You know, some of it revolving around black, the, the Black Mask character. So we'll see what that movie ends up being. Yeah, but we'll see what happens. Uh, uh, but that, I think that's part of the reason why we haven't seen anything about it. It's kind of like Solo. You know, Solo had all their major reshoots and stuff, yeah, and we didn't get any marketing yeah, for like months. No marketing going on, yeah. Yeah, I mean that movie ended up turning out better than I thought it would. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it, yeah, I think for anyone who's following the Solo fiasco, that ter- movie was way better than anyone could have expected because yeah, okay, it yeah. was chaotic. Yeah, I mean, we were hearing that you know this movie was people were there was a, a, applause, a round of applause after the directors got replaced, a new director shows up on the set, and there's a round of applause, and <laughs> they reshot like ninety percent of the reshot movie. most of the movie, and it's just a Kathleen Kennedy's like a drill sergeant on on set, telling people <laughs> how to do their job and. Yeah. Telling the director what to do is it, a very, very bad situation. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully this situation is not like that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think the marketing is – I agree. I think the marketing could uh, could definitely could have been a lot better. I mean, We're in September. I just think the momentum you need for a Birds of Prey movie where there aren't going to be – Harley Quinn's noticed and recognizable, but I don't think – I think you need more than – Five or six months of marketing to get yeah. that movie off. I mean, they try like, to movie, attach the market for a year. They try to attach this minor teaser um, that everybody forgot. That yeah, yeah, nobody that, remembers that, that teaser. minor teaser. And then they try to attach some even smaller teaser to the It movie. This is when I actually went to see It. Oh yeah, how was that? Yeah, and uh, that teaser was extremely, extremely small. Mm-hmm. Um, you see more of of Ewan McGregor, mm-hmm. his black mask. You see more. Of uh, uh, some of the additional characters, you see some actual action, but it's so short. It's like ten seconds. It's, it's so, it, so it's they gotta give us something substantive. And I don't know when that is. I feel like New York Comic Con would be a good place to do that. Yeah, it would be. You know, but yeah, I don't I see a, any. I think it's a must. I don't see any Birds of Prey anything. No, in any of the <laughs> in the movie company, anything that's really been released. kind of abandoned New York Comic Con. So it's it would be surprising if they. In terms of live action, of course, yeah. Spider-Man uh, uh, Into the Spider-Verse has, you know, come out party, really, with yeah. its, it's, a, it's a panel at New York Comic Con last year, but um, um, I, I don't know. It, yeah, it, so it, I would not. agree that New York Comic Con makes sense, but I don't, I don't we, you and I don't foresee that happening. Nothing, yeah. Nothing's been foreshadowed to suggest that. Yeah, so I don't know what's going on with that. I mean, so if we assume that Joker is going to be a relative success, it seems that way. Mm-hmm. Um, while the Rotten Tomatoes is fluctuating, it seems to be bouncing around eighty-five. Yeah, which is eighty-five, eighty, which is fair. That's good. It's and it's good oh. and it's very solid. And I've heard nothing bad about Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, 
So, I'm, and he's the main character, and he's basically the movie. So, um, we're assuming that's good. We assume Wonder Woman is good. Birds of Prey still up in the air, but if we get those those movies being great, and then Suicide Squad is great. I mean, DC is really kind of on the upswing. <laughs> yeah, DC has a chance. I mean, you, know? you said that. I think that they're kind of. I think they've moved away from being the bad movie company for the most part because they, they've had too many decent movies at this point to, to yeah. call them that. So now it becomes: Can they be consistent? Yeah, they had a bad movie recently, like Justice League. So yeah, yeah, and really. I like, I forgot about Justice League. So. Yeah, that's they're, Justice League a while ago. A while from, it was a while ago, and the movie before Justice League was the best movie they made. Exactly. So. They 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 have a chance with some of these movies that are coming out to kind of really stamp themselves in a certain way. I I do I feel like and not to make this a DC conversation, but I feel like the only reason why they still have a little bit of that stench of being the bad company is because they failed with their two biggest characters. Like that's yeah. that, I think that was that's a sin that they won't fully ever repent for until they fix that until the Batman comes out. Right, that's why exactly what I'm Which saying. Is like why there's a lot of if they if the Batman comes out and it's fantastic, I think. All that stuff about DC goes away, but until that happens, I still feel like they're always be carrying that weight of being the second fiddle to Marvel. Because yeah, they could be doing great movies, but it's with all of DC's secondary characters, and with the exception of Wonder Woman. With the exception of one, but Wonder Woman is not Batman and Superman. Like we, everyone agrees with us that she is. It's a Trinity. You call it's them Trinity. Trinity. It's three, but that's just not how the world sees it. The world sees Batman and Superman. They're a clear one. They're on their own tier of their own, yeah. Yeah, they're, really and they're their own tier. I think Kendall's right about that. So even if comic book purists will say, of course, Wonder Woman is in that same top tier with those two. But everybody else is those two on their tier by themselves. Right. So even if they do fantastic, crazy Wonder Woman movies, it's just it's never going to matter if they keep flopping with Batman and Superman. Mm. Um, real quickly, staying on gun but moving to Marvel... Gunn also had an interesting uh, statement on Twitter, or really it was a statement, but a comment on Instagram. Uh, so I botched that whole statement. Uh, it was a comment on Instagram. Uh, and when he, so he took a picture with some of the directors from the recent Marvel movies. So he had um, Favreau, which is not recent, but, you know, Favreau was in there. He had the Russo's, of course. He had, uh, I think Taika might have been in there. I know that uh, Kugler uh, was definitely Coogler. in there. Um, so, uh, so Josh Whedon was, in, Josh there. Whedon was yeah. in there. Yeah. So they all took a picture. It was really cool to see all of them kind of in one place. They've kind of established what Marvel is really outside of Feige. And, um, and under the comments, someone asked him, you know, basically, you know, how many more Guardians would he be ready to make? And how many, what will we be seeing in the future? And his response on Twitter, on Instagram in a comment was, quote, one more. So... That was like, oh, okay. So one more, and a lot of people were like, wow. So I guess that means that this this next movie is the end for uh, James Gunn potentially. And to be honest, for me, I, I'm 100 percent fine with that. I think that to me, movies kind of like movie franchises kind of go by trilogies. So the notion that we were going to have Gunn making Guardians movies four or for the five next, six Guardians yeah Guardians, Guardians for the next movies. 15 years is that never seemed like that was likely or, you know, even possible probably. And I think part of the reason why he's back is because he they told him, we'll give you one movie and then please just leave us alone. Like, they, I don't think that, I think that they, they understood that the outrage based on what happened with him was 
really faint and that it was kind of shallow and that if they, they took a chance on him, the people who were upset would go away, which is exactly what happened. Um, cause the, the, the movement was, the movement was a farce to begin with. Not that saying what he did wasn't fireable, but the outreach was not realistic. So therefore, they, they, therefore him, them firing him from that standpoint, just in terms of a basic, could we survive this didn't make sense because they, they easily could have. Uh, what I will say is this, I think part of them saying, okay, one movie and then we don't have to deal with you ever again. Yes, we can sign on to that. I don't know if they'd want to have him in the fold for 15 more movies. But one more, yeah, that that this to me made more sense as to why he's back. Him saying that he's only going to do one more movie. Yeah, um, yeah, I kind of feel the same way. I mean, I think that it is. Uh, uh, I, I I don't know. I'm not sad about this. I'm not. I'm not sad. I'm not upset that that James Gunn is going to only going to be doing one more movie in this movie. I mean, I um, though at the same time I wouldn't say I was expecting it either. I mean, it is a, a, a little bit of a surprise to me that he would come out and state that, oh, well, he didn't, I guess he didn't come out and say, say it in any kind of official manner, but even say that he's only going to be doing one more. It kind of leads me to believe that this was something that he had discussed with somebody else, someone at Marvel, and was like, hey, so can I, like, tell people? Or do you want me to keep this, like, on the download? And they're probably like, no, nah, you can go, like... They may have been like, we don't care, <laughs> which I, I kind of think actually that probably was what they said. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I don't know. I honestly, I'm in agreement. I think it makes sense that he uh, would be doing one more. I don't really want four or five or six Guardians movies. Yeah, I mean, I feel I like a lot of people too. had been assuming, mm-hmm. honestly, that he would be doing so many Guardians movies. Um, but I don't want a whole lot of Guardians movies. I, mean, I want them to bring in other people. I want them to maybe replace the Guardians with somebody else, yeah. another superhero team. You know, whether it be yeah, like I, Nova, Nova, whatever, uh, you know, whatever other force, the Defenders, somebody. Yeah. You know, you can add anybody else. Yeah. I, I mean, what I think this means is I think, uh, I do think, I don't think we're going to lose the Guardians. Uh, I think they're becoming too... Big of a brand for Disney. Yeah, they got their own Disney. Uh, they have Disney ride coming now. Yeah, they got a Disney oh, ride. Yeah. I mean, what I do think will happen is I, I, one, I mean, obviously, I think this does obviously mean this is the last movie for James Gunn, and I do think we'll get a massive overhaul of the roster. Um, like I can see us getting maybe only two or at most three of the original squad. In the in a fourth Guardians movie, mm. I would say probably only two. Um, I think Adam Warlock will replace uh, somebody. I think um, you know some people may mention Silver Surfer if he if he doesn't have a movie coming out that, that could be part of it. Um, uh, which we'll talk about Silver Surfer later. Um, that he could be a part of the Guardians. Uh, you know, Nova, like Shamari mentioned, whether it be, you know, Richard Ryder or Sam Alexander. So there are there are characters out there in, in, in obviously in the cosmos of, of the Marvel of the Marvel universe that could be a part of the Guardians. And I think that for I think that would make sense for them to, you know, maybe, you know, build up the Mantis character a little more. Like there are th- there are ways they can 
retool the Guardians roster where it still feels fresh. You can keep Star-Lord if you want. You can get rid of it if you want. But uh, if they do go in another direction with the roster, it would also make sense to then go in a different direction with the director. So um, it's 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 a little surprising that he would be so blunt about this and, and that it's not really even up for debate or negotiation. Maybe, <laughs> nope. Which, again, makes makes EJ's point more valid. Yeah, it makes you feel like someone told him. Yeah, <laughs> clearly this was this was a predetermined thing. Now, I don't know if this was Gunn or if it was Disney. Uh, you seem to think that it was Disney. You know, I wonder if Gunn is now trying to just explore other options because they cut him so quickly. He's like, all right, I'll do this Guardians movie so you guys aren't screwed over, but DC also is offering me these movies and probably other studios are offering things. And he just maybe I don't feel like doing Guardians anymore. So I don't know. Um, but this is, I think this, I don't think this spells the complete end of Guardians. Uh, I think we will get a rebooted or retooled Guardians team at some point. Yeah, and that's and and one thing to think about, guys, is as we as I said, you know, uh, shout out to my dad. He's always very poignant in saying, "Look, what you see on animated content could be foreshadowing what you see in movies." I always say what you I see in comic books can be foreshadowed to what we see in movies. And they've done two massive changes to the Guardians of the Galaxy in the comics in very recent years. They had a new team in 2015 uh, uh, that included uh, Kitty Pride, Rocket, The Thing, Drax, Venom, and Groot. And as, I, as we know, Kitty Pride is back. Thing is back. Um, I mean the Venom thing they thought they made it we don't know what the situation with Venom right now he's obviously <laughs> not Marvel but they have been the worried about them right. is that maybe Sony is trying to get them to take Venom yeah exactly so that's something to think about also uh, they just did another massive re- reboot of the roster um, just a couple months ago in the comics I don't know what that roster entails but I remember because I, I, I was going to comic book story week seeing the, new, the cover of Guardians of the Galaxy 1 mm-hmm. and about how there's going to be another new team so the fact that they've been retooling the team so much in the comics suggests that yes a retooling could very well happen in the, on the big screen as well right. and that them testing the wars with what works um, and it's very curious to me again that the the one of the more recent Guardians team included two Fox properties and one Sony property. That says a great deal to me about what the future may entail uh, for what Guardian, especially when we knew how much mm. Marvel was invested in what Sony and Fox were doing at the time. Yes, that's very possible. Um, I do want to move on, though, and, and stay with Fox a little bit. Uh, obviously, it's not Fox, cause, uh, if, but Fox properties, rather, because there was an interesting story to Full Circle, uh, but coming from Full Circle... Which I, I don't know if we've ever done a story from them, so uh, shout out to them. But they had a, what they could, what they're calling an exclusive, in that uh, apparently Marvel Studios is eyeing uh, people of color to portray Magneto and Professor X in the MCU. Now, of course, um, in regards to these characters and their origins, Magneto, a big part of his origin and a big part of who he is in terms of why he is how he is stems from his experience being a Jewish man who experienced the Holocaust. Right. Uh, right. So obviously making him a person of color drastically changes his origin. Professor X doesn't really have anything that ties him to being 
white per se. He's a rich kid from New York, so he can be not that that there's no really no issue there. But it is very fascinating that that they're eyeing to to, to take this route now. As many people have said, if you're going to do Magneto and him being uh, having experience and and survive the Holocaust, you're talking about him having been born in the 1920s for that to probably have happened. That's true. Yeah, it was hard. It was hard to believe. Yeah, it's hard to believe you know, in the twenties, in the 2000s, <laughs> 2000s. Yeah, and the X Men, which is why they had someone so old playing him, and exactly. and yeah. and the way they've done it in the comics is that they've essentially they keep doing these wacko things to de-age him or make it. He's almost like Wolverine now, where like <laughs> he kind of doesn't age. That's the only way you can ever describe that. Yeah. So that was an issue that as soon as we the Fox property thing was was done. And it was a done deal. Everyone kept saying, "Okay, what do you do with Magneto with the World War II Holocaust thing? How do you even figure that out?" And this yeah, could be someone even older than Mikkel, <laughs> right? And like, how does that guy become Magneto? How many movies can that person do? And do you want to see a ninety-year-old Magneto? So, this could be a solution if you just change his origin drastically, and and obviously change making a person of color would would drastically change his origin. Uh, what do you think, Shamari, of this of this of this idea of, of making uh, Magneto and Professor X people of color? I mean, you're gonna get the people. They're gonna be like, I'm not gonna see Magneto <laughs> unless he's Holocaust Magneto. Um, but I mean, you know, it's just a matter of you gotta look at it like like how you just laid it out. And look, if he did go through the Holocaust and like be old enough to remember it, which even if he wasn't, I mean. I mean, he'd still be extremely old, but <laughs> but uh, be old enough to actually remember what happened. Then he would have to be. I mean, just doing the math, like that's, um, let's see, that's like fifty years and then another twenty. He'd have to be. At, he's at least like seventy, eighty. He's in his seventies or his eighties. Yeah, 80s. I mean, seventy is like the youngest he can that's be. That's the very youngest. <laughs> youngest. So I don't know if he can. Old, that is the youngest. I mean, I mean. Very, very youngest. Yes. So that is. That's, yeah, man, that's when he's like a, he's two or three years old when the Holocaust happened. Yeah. Which how would someone even? Well, I mean, yes, you could still feel a way about it, but I mean, he the, experienced it, which is why it's so prevalent in his character and how he is. And it's meaningful that Magneto could still be that kind of broad-shouldered like. Because that's how he is as a character. Yeah, he's a beast. He's not a fe- yeah. he's not a weak, feeble. Person. No, not at all. Um, which I mean, there are elderly people that are shaped like that. You know, they just they live a physically fit lifestyle and they're just brolic. But are can they act? Do they <laughs> yeah. want to act? Yeah. You know, for several years and and yeah, we, don't, we don't want Arnold Schwarzenegger as Magneto. Yeah, right. Yeah, Sylvester Stallone Magneto. <laughs> you know, it's like so. Yeah, so that that is absolutely Xavier. Xavier. <laughs> exactly. So I mean, you gotta you have to weigh those things. So I think I think that's very interesting in terms of just the race. Professor Rex, I think it would could also be very interesting. Um, I like you were saying. I don't think the the race. I don't think anything about his story uh, demands that he be a white man. No, not at all. So. Yeah. They they made I mean he started out you know American in the comics and they made him British in in the movies yeah and British so, in the movies yeah and, you so, know it's like why? they don't really they didn't care that much and he's American again in the in the cartoons you know Wolverine the X Men and whatnot so yeah exactly um, 
so yeah, they they're all over the place uh, with that. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I'm on board. Um, I mean, I do. I am gonna miss the Holocaust Magneto because I do like that story. I love that story. I really do like that story, but yeah. it's just a matter of. I mean, you gotta get some really old person. You know, or, or you gotta explain or you gotta why he's so young. Come up with some crazy cockamamie story. Yeah. The only other some I drug. Mean, could you do could you could you yeah, no, you could do that. Super but, soldier. Could you do like now obviously his witnessing of the Holocaust is important, but could you do like this is my ancestors? Mm. That's what I was thinking. It's not as powerful. It's, yeah, it's just not, not as powerful. It's not as powerful. It's not as but powerful. Gets, like, but you, he grew you up with like his ancestors telling him stories of like yeah, or maybe a family you know, member or something died. Yeah, something. exactly. And you know, he was like not only brainwashed, maybe but he was just conditioned. Yeah, conditioned as a kid to just hate humanity because of what his, his ancestors went through, his, his his grandfather went through, or something along those lines. That's the only thing I could. You do want to keep him Jewish and keep the timeline where he doesn't have to be played by, you know, like you said, like some dude that's 75, 80 years old. <laughs> um, right. Yeah, no, nah, I mean, I think that I, I go back and forth on this. Um, I, I mean, it would drastically change. So at first, when I thought about this, I was like, when I, when I heard, you know, Magneto and Professor X both can be people of color. I, at first, I'm not going to lie, first thing I thought was, oh, they're going to make Professor X and Magneto black? I was like, that's a... Uh, that, that's pretty controversial. But then I was like, <laughs> that's what I was like. I mean, when people of color you can be, you know, Asian, Hispanic, you know, Middle Eastern, they, you, know, you, can, you can, it's anybody. Um, so, in that regard, I don't think, I mean, it's still controversial if they were both people of color, but it's, it's less controversial. Um, I mean, we talked about uh, John Crow Esposito possibly playing Magneto before, and, um, I mean, I definitely think that there are ways in which you can adjust Magneto's origin to where he's not, he doesn't have to be a Holocaust survivor. He could be a, a different race and a different, from a different country. And, you know, like I said, I, you can make up some sort of Sokovia thing. If you want to make up Sokovia and have that match up with the, the Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch story and, you know, make up some, some Sokovian war or, you know, civil war, genocide or whatever. Um, but, uh, Professor X. Um, that's another one where I, I agree. You kind of can do whatever you want. I would just you'd have to cast somebody that's really good. Um, these characters are very iconic, so it's going to be controversial. Um, you know, I feel like there are actors that can that can that can pull it off, regardless. Um, I, I I don't know. I don't know how how I would feel if they were just like, you know. Because my thing is like, if you make both of them Asian, make both of them Hispanic, or uh, both of them black, or both of them, you know, Indian or Middle Eastern or whatever, um, does that now like? Does that distract from the the mutant story? That's you that's know? that's the point. That that's 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 what I'm thinking about. Because, because I because yeah. the original story, the way I've always viewed it is like they are like like they like the mutants themselves are representatives of like 
people of color or they represent that story and that plight or whatever yes that's how stanley envisioned it he based it it off of the 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 civil rights movie Yeah, exactly so if you make them people of color now look maybe it doesn't but it just gives them an extra added layer to their character that obviously can't be ignored that is there in the original story and look maybe it doesn't matter maybe it doesn't affect it but you know that would that would take Feige and whoever is directing the movie and writing the movie, uh, and writing these characters to weigh. You know, all right, like not only is he a mutant, but he's a black mutant or he's an Asian mutant, and we have those characters, mm-hmm. but um, they haven't been in the positions that Professor X and Magneto are. Exactly. So. Um, it, it, it would be a it, that would change the character from that perspective, um, but you know beyond that, like again, there's nothing. I don't think I think you can adjust both characters fine, you know, and you can live, but it, it would be controversial. Yeah, I think that I think for me, Kendall hit the point that I've been thinking about in terms of any drawbacks to this is. Now you can argue. Look, Magneto being. A Jewish Holocaust survivor, that itself is another plight that he's dealing with. So, like, making him anything else, it wouldn't change the fact that he has another plight that he also has a problem with. I think the difference is, uh, look, we're living a a very crazy time. We had neo-Nazis marching, chanting, Jews will not replace us. So I'm not going to definitely shed, like, make, make light of anti-semitism in this country at all but jewish the jewish community certainly in america uh, in terms of their rising up above anti-semitism have gone a lot further and and establishing themselves and, and from a, a, a not just as a society or just as a group but just in terms of money and in terms of um just everything they, they they've advanced clearly in our society in terms of the uh, marginalized groups further than Latinos and blacks as a whole. So I guess it's even though we know that's a part. Of, so really a lot of what Eric is dealing with, we think about from his past, not necessarily from what's happening now. Like if you make him black to me or you make him Latino to me, like I see where Ken was saying where it becomes a little more distracting because yes, the Jews are also facing incredible amounts of anti-Semitism and rising anti-Semitism today. But there are way more uh, obstacles in front of black people and Latinos today <laughs> that are being accentuated today. So then it becomes, okay, he's black and he's a mutant. And does that kind of take away a little bit from the story and distract a little bit from the story? Um, Cause then also to like, think about. I do, I do think about it. And I wonder if that's best, you know, I'm not saying that it's I, wrong, but it could just be, I, I do kind of like that. Man, you harping on something from his past. That, that enrages him in, into how he views what he sees as another persecution. Right. And, and then uh, I guess my thing, when I say distract also, is just like, if, because you can, you can juggle both those storylines. Like if Professor X was mm-hmm. a black mutant or a Hispanic mutant or an Asian mutant of like, yeah, like, you know, and be like whatever, you know, culturally, you know, you have, uh, you, that you that you have against people have against you, but then also 
uh, from, you know, <laughs> from a species standpoint. But you can juggle those, but let's say you don't. Let's say you decide, because that could be difficult. Mm-hmm. Let's say you decide, all right, we're going to ignore the fact that he's black or Asian or whatever and just stick with the source material storyline. Now then, it, that's where it becomes problematic that you're yeah, just ignoring that. Yeah, because now, because I was gonna, I was saying that it would be weird yeah. for me for Xavier to be pushing this agenda of equality and to not at all push the agenda of equality for Black people. Right, that would correct. be very weird to me. Yeah. So that because I, again, Kendall, me and I, him are sharing a brain on this. That's where this becomes a little more tricky. Now, and is that something? It's that, not something you can't now. Right around or figure out. Say, it's just it, it, it's it's now more challenging. But is that something that they want to t- they want to actually touch upon in the movie? Or they, they might not want deep? to, but I think that you almost kind of don't have a choice. I feel that's me. That, that doesn't mean it's for everybody. But if you're going to make Charles Xavier black, and we know his path to a future for mutants is the same path that Martin Luther King had for black people, it just would seem weird to me that. The two aren't hand in hand, and if they are, well, now your story becomes very deep and very complicated. And look, they could do it a hell of a job doing that, but just understand what you're now getting yourself into. That's that's where I'm coming from. I think that's where Kendall is coming from as well. Yes. Yeah. Whereas where the where the where as the status quo is set, yes, obviously we know the issues with Magneto and his age, but otherwise, it all kind of fits together in a nice piece and look the way stanley meant for it to to fit like if stanley like, made and, stanley made charles xavier black in 19 in the 1960s that would have looked crazy because he would have been talking the martin luther king uh you know the, the martin luther king ideals and not mentioning <laughs> the racism that was happening in the 60s that, that wouldn't made any sense he used it as a um he used it as a way to tell that story not to be in the story, so, so that that just and and we're in such a time of awakening in terms of protest and in terms of the fight for equality in this moment in time. He might have got it. We might have been able to get away with this ten years ago, when there wasn't marches and 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 this 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 uh, mass uh, protest era that we're living in. You might have, it might not have been as big an issue. I think t- to me today it just seems it would seem a little more weird. And I'll be honest, like. I, I think Wolverine could be could be a, a person of color. And I don't think people will care. Obviously, they'll always care. But like, I think that would make more sense in some light in terms of the story. In terms of like, it doesn't change the X Men story at all. Mm-hmm. You know, like if Wolverine was was Hispanic, if he was played by uh, Gabriel Luna or Diego Luna or whatever, you know, I'd be like, what's different about the the story? I, mean, I guess he's not Canadian or. I mean, he's not. He could still be from World War Two, or he could still be from whatever. He still could have fought in World War Two, but um, <laughs> like, but if you if you make Professor X and Magneto per, people of color, that's when it becomes the story does slightly get adjusted. And not and for nothing, are guys, they ready? Yeah. And just are they ready to, to to deal with that? And not for nothing, as I just mentioned, with the rise of anti-Semitism. I don't think it's nothing to have a character that is so proudly Jewish and speaks so uh, emotionally and, and, and his motivations come from the Holocaust experience he had. 
That's yeah, I don't, still that's not yeah. that's not nothing in today's age. You can and it never will be nothing. But right. like you can make the case that maybe 10, 15 years ago it'd be a little different. But with what we've had in this, in this country the last four years, I, that's a powerful story too. It's not nothing. Time wise, it might not make sense. Which is I can see why Marvel says we gotta adjust this and what are other uh, ways we can do that and. I think the other the other issue they will have to think about is if you're changing Magneto's um, history and, and what he's gone through. Cause I, I I would assume if you're not making him Jewish, he's gonna have to have gone through some other terrible Something persecution. Else, yeah. What are you harping it on? What are you getting? Are you gonna do the civil rights era? Are you doing um, you know Jim Crow South? Uh, are you doing? Maybe his parents got separated at the border. Yeah, are you doing something involving immigration? Are you doing something involving uh, drone strikes? I mean, you can go anywhere. There's a lot of terrible stuff happening over the last over America's history, but um, that's important too, because I think that for he's a man that kills people and does bad stuff, which is like the most simplistic way of saying of explaining Mandu's character. But like part of what makes him unique and interesting is he comes from such gross injustice like mm-hmm. he, he, he he everything that's happened to him is so evil and yeah, unjust it, it created a holocaust persecution of mutants like everything that's happened it's so that's important so i don't not to say that the, um, i'm ranking the holocaust about other issues but you're gonna have you are gonna have to being something of weight that would really change someone and really make someone someone become someone like Manito and make it believable. Like I think the fact that it was the Holocaust that shaped everything he every way in how he views mutants and how he views the society is important. And if it's something that Absolutely. I'm I am trying to be careful. I don't want to say less less significance, but if it's just something that isn't as powerful, him being evil, quote unquote it may he may look more like mustache twirly evil guy than what he is. Magneto, I, I would make the case as the greatest villain in comic books because he's so complex, and he's right. he's in some ways not even a villain in like the most like obvious ways. So, yeah, but I mean, a big I, part of that is the Holocaust experience. So, if you're changing that, making something still as powerful, still as complex in terms of crafting who he is, is going to be very important. I mean, I was loving a lot of what Magneto was saying, because I was just reading the House of X. The, the House book. of Ten, yeah. Yeah, House of Ten. I mean, this dude, he was dropping some science Yeah. in that in that first in that first. Shout chapter. out to Jonathan Hickman, man. Shout out to Jonathan He's, Hickman. He might be the best in the world, trying to comic book writers. I'm just like, yo, this dude is dropping science right now. And it's powerful because you think about what happened to him. Mm-hmm. You know, and everything that has led him to this moment. And I'm just like, oof. That is heavy. Yeah. And it's just yeah. like, it's 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 going to be a blow if you take that away from his character. I, I think that the good thing that look, Marvel Studios has had, they do have experience with, you know, that, that awkward timeline thing. Like, the original Iron Man story is that, you know, he got injured in the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. You know, and they... They changed it to being, you know, the Middle East and terrorism and stuff. And that's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they changed the Mandarin, you know, at least the, well, yeah, the, the fake changed, Mandarin or the Ten Rings yeah. into a Middle Eastern organization. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, 
So they've had ways to to fit these stories into the modern, uh, you know, social, you know, global social uh, landscape. So, you know, I think that I my guess is this report is talking about Magneto. That's my guess. Um, they say both. Uh, I think Magneto. There's a good chance he won't be Jewish, and uh, mm-hmm. I do think Professor X wound up being white. That's just my prediction. I heard a crazy rumor. Last thing on this, uh, I heard a crazy rumor that uh, they were looking at Denzel. I don't know where it came from. It was on for Magneto. Yeah. Now I heard a rumor that they could be for Professor X. I heard a rumor they could be looking at Ewan McGregor, which I think would be a very good casting. Ewan McGregor would be outstanding casting. Yeah, that'd be crazy. Denzel so. as Magneto, like the monologues already in my head are just like he's just he's just older. That's my thing. Yeah, that's my thing. If Den- this was 10, 15 years ago, Denzel as Magneto, man, hey, sign, maybe, sign maybe, me up, sign me up tomorrow. Maybe that's the point. Maybe that's the character they're going for. An older. I mean, if you look at his age. I mean, maybe you could tell some civil rights related. You know, you may have to age him up a little bit even more, but. You, they could go that angle. Oh, man. And you would think, like, almost all, a lot of these big actors have eventually made that move to superheroes. So you think, well, who are some of the biggest names who haven't? Denzel is one of them. He's a guy who's not even touched superheroes in any way. And if, and if you told me what role would interest him, I could see either of these two being something he would say, okay. I think I could see him looking at Magneto, looking at what makes him tick, and being like, yeah, I could play this character. I can see the same thing for Professor X. But um, we'll see how it goes. I don't know. I, I, I tend to agree with Kendall. I would be shocked if both both of them were people of color. Yeah, I'm willing to bet money. I, I also don't think that, that won't happen. I, still think I don't think they want these trolls' heads to explode. Yeah, I don't yeah. think they want that smoke. So <laughs> that's a big reason why I don't think they yeah, yeah, both I don't of them. That, like, honestly, I don't think that would be a smart business. And if they care about that, like, I just think you, you turn off, you're just going to turn off a decent amount of people. But if, if, I always say if, they, if those two characters are the central characters, if they're not, because then you'll still have your Storm, you'll still have your Cyclops, your Wolverine, like, that's what, that's why I don't think this is that big a deal. Because, like, <laughs> right. the X-Men, there are so many characters. So, like, you know, or Magneto is black, or he's the Asian. <laughs> but we used to have Logan, you still have Jean Grey, Cyclops, like, so, you know, but I agree, I, I but I don't think that this will be both of them, you know, I think there's a good chance it'll be one of them, because they have to make waves, but I don't think it'll be both. Um, staying with Marvel, Disney Plus news here, it sounds like uh, Haley Steinfeld could soon be uh, taking part in the MCU, according to Variety. She's been uh, offered the role as Kate Bishop in the next Hawkeye uh, series that they'll be debuting on Disney+. Plus. Um, Haley Seinfeld, uh, you guys would know her from Bumblebee. Um, she's had an Oscar nomination for her role in True Grit. She's also uh, a singer. So she's, as I said before we did this show, I feel like she's definitely been, uh, I feel like she's the next one. I think whatever you think of young actresses that they're kind of gearing up to be the big stars of the next generation. Ariana Grande's. 
yeah, I mean, she's a singer, but yeah. I know she does act, but I think more of her from singing. But yeah. I think in terms of whatever. But it was that, a transition from her right, acting. Right, that, that is fair. Um, I think whatever you think of who that next generation is or what that review, I think Haley is 100% in that mix. So her going to she show She also played, uh, what should we call it, too? Oh uh, yeah, she was already Gwen Stacy in in um yes, and thank you for reminding me in Spider Man to the Spider Verse. So this right. is her second foray into superheroes. This is her first live action foray into superheroes. Um, quick thoughts on Seinfeld for uh for Hawkeye. I'm on board. I thought she did a good job as Gwen Stacy. I thought she did a good job as um, the girl in Bumblebee. So um, I am on board. She's young. She's fit. She has the the look, so I am absolutely on board with this. I think she's very ta- very talented. You know, I, I agree. Yeah, I think she is on the come up, and uh, I mean, superheroes are what's hot right now. She should know that. I'm sure her agent knows that. Yep, CAA but, is not. They're not stupid. <laughs> you know, so I uh, uh, I think this could be this could be a very good opportunity for her. And even though it's a TV gig. You know, the pitch may have been like, look, this is a TV gig for now. TV yes. gig to turn into possibly a multi-movie gig. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so this is, uh, this could be very big stuff for her and for Marvel. So I'm on board. Kendall? Yeah, no, I think this is uh, very intriguing news. Um, I think, I mean, if there's a, a list of five people that made the most sense to play Kate Bishop, I mean, she's certainly going to be on a, probably everyone's list, yeah. especially if you've seen Bumblebee. Um, I thought she was, I thought she was great in that movie. You know, I, I thought that was she was one of the uh, bright bright spots of that movie. I think John Cena was also very good in that movie, but um, mm-hmm. you know, the, like I would say, she did a better job at the, the Shia LaBeouf role than Shia LaBeouf did in Transformers. Movie. So <laughs> uh, take that for take that for what it's worth. I don't know if that's a high bar or not, but you be the judge. Um, but yeah, I thought she did an excellent job in that movie. Uh, and I feel like it'll end up being, this could end up being kind of a similar role. So, um, you know, I think it's the right, I think it's the right lane. Like, I think it's the right, you know, pedigree in terms of like, she's on the come up. This is like kind of an, an up, you know, a startup kind of industry, you know, <laughs> the Disney plus series. We'll see what they make of them, but. Uh, like Shamari said, these are roles that clearly have the potential to uh, to to go up. Like these are roles to to, to expand and grow. Like if she would have signed up to play Kate Bishop in in the ABC series or even a Netflix series, I'd have been. Oh, I mean, this is this seems to be a bit of a reach. It seems to be like she settled a little bit for this role, but. <laughs> right. um, <laughs> You know, everything we've heard is that these characters are Marvel Studios uh, characters that will tie into the movies on on some level. So um, given that she's eventually going to be the the full on Hawkeye, I would imagine, you know, like she'll she'll probably be in Avengers movies at some point. So, um, no, I think this is this is the right move for her career. Um, And again, like given her age. Uh, and her, you know, like Shamar said, her look, like, if she wanted to, if Marvel Studios where everyone wants to be, it, who else could she, who else was she going to play? You know, like, she's not playing Miss Marvel. So, I mean, I guess in theory, she could have played Batgirl 
if that's even still a thing. She probably could have played Supergirl. Yeah, Batgirl, Batgirl, I could have seen being. Yeah, I'm sure casting. Warner Brothers reached out, but yeah, um, that's you know, and that tells you something about Marvel. Uh, we don't know if Warner Brothers reached out; they may already have their person. But I'd be shocked if they didn't do any type of inquiry. Yeah, or she, I'd be shocked if she wasn't on the short list of five to ten actresses to play a Batgirl or a Supergirl. But shows you the the where Marvel is that they they were able to secure her on a TV deal, uh, at least or a streaming service deal right now. Um, when if Warner Brothers didn't reach out to her, you know, her and her people reached out to them. So. Um, and and we're talking about a character that's new. Kate Bishop yeah, first appeared in in, in two thousand five. We're not talking about a um, a character, a legacy character, yeah. yeah, a character that's been around for centuries and centuries. Kate Bishop is someone who is continuing to grow in popularity, and is is just in the beginning. I think of what Kate Bishop will end up becoming in terms of the establishment of the Marvel comics. So, so like you know, if, for example, if there was a conversation about Batgirl. And who's to say maybe she won't cross over if she decides, but I'm sure this won't help her case for being Batgirl that DC did have eyes on her. Like, that's a character that's been around forever that a lot of people know about. Kate Bishop, a lot of people are going to be introduced to for the very first time when they watch these series. So, the fact that they got, I think, an actress we all agree are, is is big time and on the come up to play this character on a streaming service does say a lot about where Disney and Marvel and, is. And, and I think she probably is an actress at this point. Like, I think Feige like, probably had her in mind the whole time. Definitely. Not the whole time, but yeah. I think, like, I don't think this was a, uh, you know, a recruit- I, I don't think this was an audition. You know? No, no, this, this was, was a recruitment. This was a, hey, we need you. Come on board. Yeah. This was offering the five-star, per, uh, the five-star scholarship, you know, a starting spot. Yes, <laughs> you know, exactly. in, in, in visit. This wasn't a, no, no. What, what are you about? You know, do you fit our program? <laughs> this right. is uh, look. You're gonna start day one. <laughs> you're gonna get. You're gonna, get, gonna give you. A, you're, gonna, you're gonna get at least 15, 20 snaps. We're gonna give you. A, you know, uh, a signing bonus of you know five hundred thousand. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> uh, yeah. Too uh, yeah. <laughs> um, soon. Quickly staying on, uh, real quickly on on the young Avengers side of this. Uh, According to Daniel Rick, uh, Daniel Rickman or Daniel RPK, shout out to him. Yeah, we go. Uh, Daniel. <laughs> he says that uh, Young Avengers is coming, and it'll be on Disney Plus. He says that a movie is still possible, but for now, Disney and Marvel are squaring in on making that Disney Plus series. He also said the Champions might end up being something that's involved with the Young Avengers project, or maybe something different. So Bishop, and if it is indeed Steinfeld playing that character, which obviously probably be almost certainly be folded in the young avengers uh capacity and i i don't know i feel like when you think of what they have in miss marvel and you think of what we have with now uh hawkeye and kate bishop being in the fold it, it seems to me like they're following the defenders pattern like you build like introducing I, I, these I, characters I, individually. yeah i see them introducing these characters individually maybe we get one or two more um but at least they're gonna give us a couple before they go. They go full Young Avengers, so they're not just spraying on five or six new characters on us. Are we gonna get uh, Catherine Langford and Morgan Stark? I don't know. So they didn't put her in Endgame, so it's like you don't have to. You don't have to do anything with that character. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't think so. But then, Wild even. I mean, I guess. But again, it goes back to the thing we talked about at the beginning of the show. They do these things. 
that are probably super major that they never that never see at the end the the light. I think it's more day. likely we see Cassie Lang than Morgan Stark. Yeah, I think so too. Well, yeah, but Cassie Lang was in the movie, right? Yeah, but and Morgan Stark the, was, but like, yeah, I'm saying, what will we get Captain Langford? Oh, right. I I know. I'm saying I'm off Captain Langford. I'm saying, right. right. I'm saying. Yeah, I, I see think, what you're saying. I think the Cassie. I mean, I, like, I'd be shocked if we didn't see the Emma Furman character. Yeah, yeah. They had already kind of introduced her. Isn't she like? I mean, she's an adult now. She's so. like a teenager. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're a teenager. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think we'll see her. Um, just like the. Like, why would they have shot the... I, it just bugs me out that they, they shot that... Uh, whatever that was. Whatever they had planned on doing with, with Morgan Stark. And now... I'm just going to scrap that character completely. I mean, they're not going to scrap it, but... I mean, um, I mean, now we know. They were shooting a bunch of stuff. Uh, yeah, exactly. That, that yeah, they were scrapping. Yeah, you know how much stuff has probably been scrapped that we never know, know about? That Galactus scene scrap. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Silver Surfer Easter egg. That's probably why Silver Surfer was on IMDb page. Someone probably saw them shooting the Silver Surfer. Yo, so whoever put that in is like, yo, Silver Surfer was in the movie, fam. I know what I saw. Confirmed. Yeah, I mean, Young Avengers, it's a good idea. You're moving away from the old team. It would make sense to introduce a younger team. I think it makes sense to introduce a younger team also for younger audiences. It just makes sense all around. It's their version of Titans. Exactly. Or, well, yeah, basically their version. Yeah, it is. So it's 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 a good move. And I I I honestly do think Young Avengers plays well to TV, maybe even more so than a movie. Oh, absolutely. Because because these are characters that are going to need a lot more development yeah. for people to really get hooked. So I think the idea of being able to really truly introduce them in a fair, you know six seven hour format as opposed to a two hour format it makes more sense too so i see why disney is uh is is, is staying to that format um also uh we got a lot of scoops from geeks worldwide this week as well um they're saying that a silver surfer uh movie is a very in very early stages of development so this is one of the first it might be the first thing we've heard of any particular fox property being in development and this is silver surfer it's not x-men it's not fantastic four fantastic four but it's silver surfer shamari what are your thoughts um i am uh shocked but i'm not upset i'm shocked that this is the first thing that we're hearing uh from fox but i'm not mad at it I mean, even the Silver Surfer we got from that terrible movie looked fantastic. It looked incredible. Even when you watch oh, yeah. the Even when you clips, watch it now. It still looks incredible. It still looks incredible. So, I mean, imagine what they could do now. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I can't wait. I'm very excited. And it just means we're getting the Fantastic Four. So, so I mean, I'm even more excited. So, yeah, I'm absolutely on board. I, I'm not a Silver Surfer fan necessarily. But, um, I mean, look, he's a cool character. He's extremely powerful. Um, so I, so, uh, I definitely think it'll be interesting to see. Um, uh, and yeah, I mean, I, the character was fine in the, in the other movie. It's just that movie was bad, but the silver surfer, I always liked the silver surfer. So I'm looking forward to seeing him again. Yeah. Nah, I mean, 
I mean, this movie being in development is very, that's very loosely worded, you know, what does that mean? Does that mean that it's on the board? Does that mean that they, they're, they're, you know, actively casting and, you know, they're looking for (laughs) crew and, you know, a silver surfer and they're writing the script? Like, I don't know. Um, I, I feel like, I mean, do we consider the Fantastic Four movie to be in development? Because from what you said, it's happening on some level. Um, That's fair. So, you know, so I don't know. I, it hasn't been reported, I guess, by anybody. But, you know, we did get the the stuff at, uh, I guess that was Comic-Con. So, I don't know. But um, this does surprise me a little bit. I, I didn't think we would get Silver Surfer in his own movie. I didn't think start. So you know, I thought he was, he made plenty of sense to be you know, like a, a, an initial side character and then you can do a, an origin story a afterwards yeah. and yeah, you can do spinoffs like but I don't know I mean I guess because his story like it's I mean it's, it's a great story because it's such a great story it oh, may just feel like um we can tell it he tell the story by himself like we don't need like he and he's the type of character that like you don't need to lump him with anybody, really. Like, he doesn't have to be the super shared universe. Like, we saw with uh, Captain Marvel, obviously, we had Nick Fury, but outside of Nick Fury and the S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff, there wasn't, it wasn't, like, this big, like, Easter egg fest, mm-hmm. you know? Like, it could be like that, where, or, like, the first Guardians movie, I would say that's almost a better example. Like, the first Guardians movie isn't really, isn't, like, a Marvel Studio Easter egg, you know, or best, you know, sizzle reel. It's kind of in its own thing. And it's a great movie. I think this could end up being like that, um, where it's just a story of Quick, uh, Quicksilver, Silver Surfer, and Galactus. Uh, maybe it's Galactus, maybe it's not. But um, no, yeah, that, it makes sense. But it's just surprising to me. I thought they would just attach him to the Guardians or attach him to an Avengers movie or attach him to Captain Marvel or attach him to Fantastic Four again. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean. I don't think that this is something we would get though for a while, so I wouldn't uh would hold my breath waiting for Silver Surfer. Yeah, I mean it's cool. I think that uh, Silver Surfer is, is is he's a he's a cool character. Clearly, um, just look at him. He's a silver dude on a surfboard. I mean, I don't know what else was cooler than that. So uh, straight out Jack Kirby. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Jack Kirby, man. That's that's definitely a Jack Kirby vision. So um. But no, I mean, I, I agree with Kendall that I would have assumed you would have seen him from something outside, something him included in something else. Uh, and maybe we still get that. That doesn't mean that just because they are doing something solo doesn't mean he, we won't actually see him in something else. But that's what I would have assumed. But he seems inevitable. I mean, he's going to be a, a prevalent, you know, we, we've already heard the rumors that Galactus is definitely coming. And he definitely is going to be a big part of the future phases of Marvel. So if you have a Galactus, you have to have Silver Surfer. So we knew it was happening. I'm surprised a movie is being uh, in development this early on. I would have thought maybe that would be something we see later. But if the plan is to get Galactus immediately into the fold, then you kind of do have to do Silver Surfer a lot quicker. I didn't know if it'd be it'd be a movie. I thought it'd be him being in someone else's movie. Uh, also, real quickly, guys, before we get to the Watchmen trailer, um, Robert Downey Jr. reportedly will be making an appearance in Black Widow. 
this comes from uh from deadline of course black widow comes out next year deadline is one of the top sources we have on this stuff so if they say it i mean probably a good chance it's very true though i am surprised that something like this would get out i feel like it's something that they would want to have had to keep under wraps so i would love to know where they got this uh the sourcing on this but uh what kind of role Shamar would you expect to see robert downey uh have in a black widow movie considering this takes place after civil war yeah i was gonna say this is after civil war um uh, let's see and do you think it's a good idea to have black to have downey in black widow in any capacity i do i i do i think it's a good idea you're gonna get their again their end goal their goal is to get people to go to the movie Sure. Downey's gonna get people to go to the movie, so, and I don't think that was a director's decision. Mm. Absolutely not. Wow. I think that was look at conspiracy conspiracy theory. Shamari. Look, I mean, I, that's <laughs> go on and call that conspiracy theory. I think that was either either Feige, even though I even speculate, even question that. I mean, Feige or even someone higher than him, Alan Horn, like, about the mouse. Iger, the mouse, you know, marketing, whatever. <laughs> mm. They were like, listen, get Robert Downey Jr. in, even if not this movie, put him in, shove him in a movie soon. And, you know, I think they're just like, oh, Black Widow is our next one. Then put him in that. I was like, okay. You know, so, um, I mean, it does take place after Civil War, so he's technically alive at the time. So this is probably the easiest one to put him in, in some capacity. Um, and it's the one that probably needs him the most in terms of, like, not having star power. That's true. So, um, yeah, so, I mean, I think that, uh, I personally, I hope we don't see too much of him. I, I mean, he can, I hope we don't see him as much. I hope he's not in this movie as much as he was in homecoming. You know, I hope it's more of a cameo than, uh, uh, black widow and Tony Stark or black widow and Iron Man Mm -hmm. versus, you know, whoever else, everybody else. So I don't. I really hope that's not what this movie is. Um, uh, but yeah, it's not surprising, honestly, to me, that uh, that they would try to put him in this movie. And as for what what role he's going to play, and how they're going to to include him, um, I mean, I have to know what the story is. It's hard to really say at this point because I don't know what the story is. Um, but. Uh, you know, it's post-Civil War, so I'm sure he'll be fighting with Natasha. You know, I'm sure there wouldn't be necessarily be any kind of beef going on or anything. Well, like I mean, that. Natasha had betrayed they him. They were on there. Uh-huh. Remember, Natasha, Natasha betrayed him. No, what did she do? Remember, she she let, uh, she let stopped Black Panther from stopping Steve. Oh, yeah. Yeah, at the end. Yeah. I mean, I mean, look, I mean, it, I don't know. I I really I mean I I don't know what the follow that was or how he feels about Natasha specifically with regards to that. Mm-hmm. So I I really we know he know. wasn't on speaking terms with Steve and Natasha yeah, I mean, ended yeah. up working very closely with Steve. Yeah, in the Secret Avengers for those however many years of time it was between Civil War and Infinity War. That's true. That's very true. So yeah, I don't know. This it's definitely a mystery. Kind of. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't say, I don't know if it was, it was one of our last shows, 
within the last like month. Uh, when we talked about, you know, will he be back or when will mm-hmm. Iron Man be back? Tony Stark, I was like, he's certainly going to show up in phase four. Like, no, no doubt about it. I, I wouldn't have guessed probably Black Widow, like, this soon. But, um, like I said, this is the one that makes the most sense for Inchimari laid it out for a lot of reasons. Why you would do it now, but on uh, why you would bring him back. Um, in terms of the capacity in which he's brought back, uh, obviously, again, I mean, it doesn't have to be a flashback because... The movie's you know, a flashback. Yeah, the movie in itself is a flashback, but... Uh, you know, you can still flash back within the flashback if they need to. Um, though it seems a bit excessive. Uh, I, I think, I think my, I think the biggest reason for this, I agree with Shamar, I think this is a marketing thing. I think this is a branding thing. I think they, they feel more comfortable with Black Widow if Tony Stark plays some role and people know that. Why would they leak this? Cause we, you know how many Marvel cameos and Easter eggs and special appearances and special guests we've had over the years that we didn't know about, you know, like we didn't, I mean, now this is on a major, major scale that I don't know if we've had before, but like, like there have been some big characters that have shown up in things and they hadn't been leaked. Um, I mean, look at Spider-Man, you know, well, I won't say that, but, um, but we could, but like when you see some of these movies where, you know, Peggy Carter shows up or Howard Stark shows up, and you're like, I mean, we didn't know it was going to be the movie. Um, I imagine this will be a similar deal. Like, I don't think it'll be more than a couple scenes. Um, but the fact that this got out makes me think that either one, this is coming from like just the the the, the, the yeah, Robert Downey's people. They just putting this out there for whatever reason, uh, which would be very sloppy and I don't know why they would do that uh, or this is coming from Marvel and Disney they're saying look this movie is is, is, is big if you want to see Tony Stark again come see Black Widow so I don't know I mean I think it's we'll see what happens I, I don't think it cheapens the character at all I don't think this is too soon I, I think you know more Tony Stark is not a bad thing for Marvel if you can throw him in there in any capacity it makes sense yeah I, I disagree with both of you guys I think that this does. I think this is a bad move, um, I, and I and I say that obviously without having seen what capacity he's in the movie, and it could end up being a really great moment of him being in the movie, but I just feel like his death is the most significant death we've had in any superhero movie. I think that's fair to say, right? Yeah, I can't think of any other death that was a more significant. Yeah. So. Yeah. I just think a year after that last movie we're seeing him again is just I think is absurd. I know it's a flashback, I know he's not actually alive, but I was gonna say they're not they're not I just re- feel like anyway I just feel like any way you see him, I said so if I my assumption and this will be a bad assumption, my assumption that it will be in a comedic light so we can see the Tony it, you know, it's not gonna be in a light of Tony looking like a you know, a jerk. So mm-hmm. it it I mean, it'd be great, but it's just like, why we for what? Why do we need to see that? Like the last moment we have of him is very touching and very emotional, and I, I, I to me, like this is something you do like five years down the line, and as a surprise, it's not something you foreshadow in a leak. Part of me thinks that this is not a leak that Marvel's happy about. I don't know if they wanted this out. I feel like this is not something they're happy about. I think this is something you would have wanted as a surprise. I don't also agree that I don't think 
I can't. He's not going to be in the marketing for the movie. So why? Well, but that's the point. Like that's why I say that's why I speculate. I mean, but do they look, think that do they think they're going to get this many? Do they think the people who are reading Deadline and like following these headlines, they're going to get that much more interest in the movie? Like how much? How I mean, much? Look, like how much money does that make for them? I guess is my question. I, the that, guy who reads Deadline. It's hard. I don't, I don't yeah, know. It's who, definitely honestly. hard. I agree with that. It's definitely harder to quantify. Yeah. Um, as we definitely saw with the Endgame situation, that any dollar is important to them. So, yeah. like, they'll throw in a couple of added scenes just to make a couple of extra million. Yeah. But, uh, so any tactic <laughs> that means more money is on the table. Uh, yeah, on the table. Exactly. Yeah, I was going to say, I wouldn't, I wouldn't completely discount him showing up in any of the promotional material. I, you know, I don't know if he'll be, but that also, would shock me. yeah, I don't know if he'll be in the promotional material. Um, he could be, it, it, but like if they don't include him in the promotional material, and this is was supposed to be a quote unquote surprise. I think the point of it is that, and look, this may not even come from Feige. This could have came from someone at Disney that knows he's going to be in the movie, yeah, exactly. and just said put it out there. Like they, the point is that like they may, there may be that movie person that reads Deadline. That's a that's a Hollywood buff that isn't a Marvel superhero buff. That's like. But saw in games, saw Infinity War, seen seen every movie Robert Downey in it. That is like, oh, this movie now has Robert Downey Jr. in the movie. He's gonna now maybe I have to see it. So, you know, Black Widow is probably the one where a lot of people say, oh, I can skip this. Not doesn't right. take place in exactly. modern day. Like, eh, it's skippable. But now, if you tell me Iron Man's in it, you don't tell me what capacity. Exactly. It could be one scene, but some people may read that as he's gonna be he's part of the cast. You know, so I don't know. Yeah, I, you get him on the red carpet. You know, <laughs> that would be wild. He talks about his scene in the movie, and no, I can't say what my part is. And people are like, "Oh my!" Yeah, no, yeah. It just seems. I mean, look, I, I, I get what you guys saying about money. It just all seems so unnecessary. Like it just seems like this is very unnecessary. And like, if there was anyone who deserved to walk off, oh my, my look, my thing. Anyone who deserved to walk off the way they ended his last movie, it was Robert Downey. And, and, back and, and you later, said this crazy. You said you said this before, but like a lot of this comes down to how he's used. You know, I'm not gonna jump right, the gun. Exactly. You know, if the, if the scene is awesome or if the scene makes complete sense and why he's being included in the in the in the grand scheme of the story, then I mean, I don't really. And then I don't care much about the 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 novelty factor. But like, I've, I've, uh, I think the scene very well may be touch, a touching scene. Yeah. Or it just like, could be an integral to the story. Yeah, like yeah. I don't know if it's going to be a scene of him acting like a douche, you know, or him making some douchey joke and talking crap about Steve. I think it'll be something where I expect. I know I I agree. I expect it to be that. I think too. it'll be something where he'll probably say like I feel bad about how all this turned out and da da. It'll probably be something meaningful, you know. So I don't think it's going to be anything where he just cracks a joke and then, you know, it gets a few laughs from the audience. I think it. I think it'll be a combination of both. I think it'll be. I think, so. yeah. I think it'll be. He will be Robert Downey. He's going to be Stark, Robert Downey, which is going to yeah. be comedic and funny. I think he. It will also paint him in a very positive light. I just feel like, as you said, it could be touching, but nothing's going to be more touching than his goodbye. Of course. Uh, I just. So my thing is like, if, then why are we doing this? Like again, I feel like if anyone deserved to walk off, it was Robert. If you're bringing him back, I feel like you got to be bringing him back something extremely significant. And maybe this is extremely significant. But if you tell me it's from the past, uh, boy, you really got to explain to me why he's in this movie. 
that's just me. I know a lot of people be very excited to have him in it. I don't think it's necessary at all. Um, we're running late, long, long on time, guys. But real quickly, what do you guys think of the Watchmen trailer? Okay. Uh, this show looks dope. Mm -hmm. I'm very, very, uh, very excited. Um, I mean, it, this show is clearly uh, harping on the whole, uh, the whole concept of the kind of cult mentality, and that is very prevalent nowadays uh, in our political, current political climate. Um, uh, with some of these groups out here being acting very extreme. Um, you know, I know it was said in during the Comic Con panel this summer that. Uh, race and identity politics is going to play a very major role in mm -hmm. this show. So I am, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm extremely excited. The show looks extremely well shot. Uh, the characters seem like they're going to be given good acting performances. Um, they're keeping the, the, uh, focus of the story very close to the vest. Um, but it seems like it's going to be extremely intense. I am very, very excited because that is Watchmen through and through. So I can't wait for it. Well, you can though. Yeah, I, I mean, I thought this was a, uh, I thought it was a good trailer. I mean, it's very, it's very mysterious. Um, I do like, I, I do agree with Shamari. I, I like um, kind of the political undertones that you can definitely feel from these trailers. Um, yeah, I definitely think this is like, it's going to be a smarter show, you know, uh, whatever that means, you know, I think it, it essentially like, you know, like, I don't think it's going to be a show. It's going to be a show where you have to follow like what's going on. You have to really pay attention. Like some of these shows are, you know, like, like the flash, like sometimes a little more simple, you know, or, you know, arrow and, you know, and sometimes, sometimes simple is better because it, it, it's not, uh, uh, it's, it's easier to follow and sometimes you don't get lost in the mm -hmm. shuffle. Like, right. you know, but like Legion, for example, sometimes. But um, no, I, I think this will definitely be a, a show that's definitely uh, high quality, definitely kind of a smarter show that's written in a way in which you have to pay attention. Um, I'm still excited about some of the stuff that we've seen. You know, Jeremy Irons, uh, still excited to see what his character, um, Ozymandias, you know, what role he plays in this uh, in this. New, new new Washington series. Right. Uh, there was well, there there was no Doctor Manhattan teas in this one, right? Not that so. Not that I. Yeah. So interesting, interesting uh, decision there. But um, I don't know. You know, I, I also the the, the stuff with uh, comedian the comedian's daughter. You know, Lori. Mm -hmm. You know, her character seems to be like kind of gonna kind of give me kind of an interesting character as well so i don't know you know i i have to see more uh we'll we'll, we'll see what happens at comic-con but um we'll, we'll probably find out a little bit more at comic-con but um i i just want to know like a straight like who these characters are what it's about they're being still very mysterious about that kind of stuff yeah i i thought this was a great trailer um i thought that they this felt a lot it really touched on a lot of the themes of the Watchmen. I think I'd argue more so than any of the other trailers because of how much they played up the the dystopian future where terrorists don't have due process, which they kind of don't now, but 
they really don't hear <laughs> as we yep. see clearly um where they're the, the conspiracy aspect of it and you know they got talking about how the conspiracy in this like it blow your mind if i told you like i felt like this trailer really harpened deeper on like what the watchman kind of was all about in a way that the others didn't the others i felt like the other thing were trying to be a lot more coy to be honest i think they didn't want to say much they didn't want to do much this one while i don't you still didn't get plot per se the themes were hit a lot home a lot harder for me. I was like, oh, wow, yeah, this is The Watchmen. It's just future and different, but it's the same. Um, yeah, I dug it. I thought it was I thought it was great. Virginia uh, King just looks awesome. Oh, it's yeah. It's just like she's just going to be a beast. I, I can't wait to see uh, how she how she does in that, in that role. Um, and the interesting, uh, it, to me, it's a kind of interesting dynamic. It seems like you have the government once again kind of working with the heroes and we've seen how tenuous that relationship is so like what made them go back to doing this and what's the fallout like how long does this last it didn't go well the last time right does it go differently this time the way Watchmen is kind of written and told it usually always is another shooter drop that's not going to be very good so what is that shooter's going to drop yeah. It's interesting, but I, I, because you know, Regina just gives it, gives the you know guy she tackled to you know, yeah, the law enforcement, which we police, see yeah. looks crazy. The guy has some crazy yeah. mask, and again, you know, terrorists have no due process, so <laughs> it's uh, it's it's gonna be wild though. I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited. This show I think looks fantastic. I'm looking forward to reviewing it on this podcast. Um, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. Uh, let's quickly, guys, uh, wrap the show by talking about Titans this week. This episode is called Rose. Um, we learn by the uh, end of the episode, this is the introduction to Rose Wilson, Slade's daughter. I really enjoyed this episode, guys. I got to say, I thought that this was really? probably, yeah, this was probably, I thought this was way better than last week. And this is probably, this felt more like the Titans I wanted to see from the beginning this episode. Um, I think Dick Grayson, uh, it's me. I'm starting to see Dick Grayson finally. The way he interacts with the kids, the way he kind of interacts with his friends, it just seems so much different than last year. And I, I, I again, I, I do feel like to me this is a show that read all of his press clippings and has made a, a change. Um, I didn't know the change would be for better or for worse. I thought last week they kind of looked like a schizophrenic show and they didn't know what they were trying to be. This week they seemed to lean more towards. We heard your complaints. Here's what you guys, close to what you guys would want. Uh, the interaction between Jason Todd and Beast Boy, the interaction between Jason Todd and Beast Boy and Raven as a trio, like all that stuff seemed so much more Titans-like than anything I had seen. Uh, the Rose Wilson stuff was honestly maybe the weakest aspect of it, I thought. <laughs> yes. So, you know, yeah. so when I can see why Kendall would be surprised why I liked this episode so much, because nothing about anything she was doing was interesting. But Dick and his conversation with Bruce, Dick interacting with the kids, uh, even the Starfire, uh, uh, Donna, the Donna, Donna interactions, Donna I enjoyed. The fight, I, like the, the, I like the Hawk and Dove stuff, too. The, the fight seems a little goofy. Yeah, they gotta figure that out. But yeah, and the Hawk and Hawk and Dove stuff, which was a lot more darker, a little more serious, I thought was solid though. 
So, so yeah, yeah besides yeah, the Rose Wilson stuff, which I get in an episode called Rose, maybe is an issue. I like a lot of it. I, 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 I actually did enjoy this episode. <laughs> seems to be a uh, a theme for 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 Titan. Wait, well, episode based on one thing. That one thing with the weakest party episode. <laughs> that is true. That is a very Titans <laughs> Titans aspect, definitely. Vintage Titans, right there. Um, yeah, I thought. I mean, I thought it was a decent episode. I agree. I, I, I didn't think it was terrible. Um, the one thing I will say about this show that I think they're finally. One of the critiques that I never really brought up, but I, I noticed it today because I noticed it, I felt like it was starting to improve was that I feel like in the past and so far with the series, they've tried to make me like I'm supposed to care about these characters because of who they are and not because of what they've done with the series. Like Jason Todd, Fair point. I, I realize now that I only care about Jason Todd because he's Jason Todd. Mm-hmm. But I don't care about him because of anything that, that he's done in the show. Definitely. But now I feel like this episode, they started to finally give him some teeth and give him, like, you know, he's, I feel like he was interacting with the Titans a little bit more. And we saw, like, you know, like, he's actually a character outside of, like, just the the, the very, you know, shallow, you know, character that they've given him so far. Yeah, because, um, I mean, you see, like, you finally see any repercussions for him being the jerk off that he is like like he you learn oh he batman sent him there because he's like this dude's buck wild get this guy away from me <laughs> like yeah, exactly. and like and how jason has to deal with that like you see a little bit of the of the the uh you know bravado shield that he hooks up kind of be uh cracked a little bit because he kind of is kind of like what am I doing here? And and Dick being like, "You're here, yes, you're here because you're being a jerk, and you don't know how to, you have no you don't know how to, you don't know how to handle responsibility." But also, this is a great opportunity, and right. you should be looking at it in that standpoint. And you kind of see him kind of change a little bit, just kind of thinking about that. Oh, I didn't think about it like that. And like, yeah, I agree, Ken. That adds to his character than just being just the abrasive dude that he is. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed this episode as well. Uh, I did think it was better than the last episode, uh, though I didn't hate the last episode either. But I, I mean, yeah, I enjoy, I enjoyed the episode. I, uh, I agree. I thought the Rose Wilson stuff was, I mean, they, um, I don't know. I thought some of it was just very erratic and random. But I, I really enjoyed a lot of stuff in this episode. I, this episode, I liked the Hawk and Dove stuff. You know, I liked the Hawk. Hawk seems much less like just an aggro like just meathead you know so yeah. I, i'm liking that this season um i feel like the hawk and dove episode they had last year painted him in an entirely different light that maybe we just haven't really gotten to see it did yeah. really since that episode or even before that episode yeah so that was one of my favorite episodes last season yeah yeah that was a great episode surprisingly yeah know? yeah because we all were not excited about it yeah but it was ended up being really good um but yeah, so I'm liking what they're doing with his character, um, and uh, yeah, so I don't know. I'm I'm a fan. I'm on board. I am enjoying uh, the all the acting performances as well, as well. I thought were on point from everyone, from the kids to to uh, even uh, Jorah, Bruce Wayne. I thought he did a good job. In He's still episode. struggling with that accent. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's, it's going to be a struggle. I think all season. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's start, I'm starting to get more and more used to it. 
as the episodes go on. So. I do I do think this episode lends more credence to my uh, notion that he's 100% inspired by Bruce Tennant's Batman. Yeah, I definitely think he's doing he's doing a Kevin Conroy. He absolutely is. But it's working. It's, it, I, I think he's very effective, and I think he's doing it well. It's just his accent is clearly something he's having trouble with. And I think the fact that they write him kind of these short lines and stuff, they hide it. But Conroy also wrote his Bruce Wayne like that. Yeah, like, like yeah, Kevin's, say, Kevin's like Bruce was not very loquacious yeah. at all. And 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 so that's why. So I think Conroy. I mean, excuse me. I think. Uh, uh, well, I can't remember his, the actor's last name. Ian, I think is yeah. I, Ian Glenn. Yes, I think Glenn is one hundred percent. Watch that and listen to it, and he's trying to do that, and it's cool to see that Batman is one of the best Batmans we have in any creation in any iteration. So it's awesome to see someone be so inspired by it because so many people, the most Batman live action, they ignore that Batman yeah, just, and the know, inspiration whatever. they take yep. from. Uh, what we saw uh, in the you know the the Burton Batman's, or yeah. we saw from the uh, Batman's we got recently with Nolan, yep. like to go Conroy and Bruce Tim is awesome to me. And I'm, ho- I'm I want to see more of them. I, li- I like this Bruce Wayne a lot, which again is such a about face because again, like I said before, the Bruce Wayne that they painted in the first season was a lunatic. So, so the fact that he's doing Conroy Bruce, who is like one of the more, I think, chill, tamed Bruce, is also even weird. Yeah, yeah, it's very interesting. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's weird on purpose to to make you see how distorted Dick's view of him was, or if they just realized, yeah, no way he's gonna be happy with the Batman we created. Let's just do something different. <laughs> right. It could be either or. I don't know. Yeah. Cause the, 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 cause there is a, there is strategic creative, um, a- advantage to doing that, mm-hmm. to saying, Hey, like you guys thought Dick Batman was this way based on only Dick's perspective. Here's how he really is. Or here's what, at least what you see of him. It definitely makes you think of Dick in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And that could be smart and that could work. But, Again, it also could just be uh, that ain't gonna work, fam. They hate everything we've said about Batman in this show. We got to do something different. It can go both ways. Yeah. Uh, do you guys think we're gonna see Roy Harper? Uh, that's a great question. That what is it based off of? Well, I don't know if you saw. And when Donna said she had to take a phone call, the call was from Roy Harper. Oh, I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, the phone yeah. it clearly said Roy Harper. And I was like, wow. So instead of seeing the Roy Harper dropped, phone I call, I think they name dropped Roy when they were talking in the van too. They may, I don't remember that. They may have, though. Um, I don't want to see Roy Harper, man. What's ironic, though, is like, of course, instead of seeing the Don and Troy Roy Harper phone call, we got to see whatever happened with Starfire. Yeah. I'm like, I don't care what happened with Starfire. I would have much rather have seen what the, a phone call from Roy Harper entailed <laughs> than this. Um, that's another thing. I, I, I know they got to go through everything with Starfire's back. Yeah, story. I, I don't care. Back. I don't care, man. It's just I don't know. I know. I know. I mean, it reminds me of uh, Martian Manhunter when I was like, I don't care about my. Yeah, yeah, I get it. You know, your people died and da da da. But it actually ended up being pretty good. So That's maybe true. this one ended up being pretty good too. Maybe. I don't know. I just as soon as I saw this guy who clearly was an alien, I'm like, oh, here we go. And I guess I just feel like Anna Joff has done a really solid job playing Starfire. But, like, so much of Starfire is so 
unknown because they've went so long by not telling us anything that you almost don't care anymore about what her backstory is. You just want to see her progress through the story. Right. So when you see a kidnapping, you're like, okay, well, this is not something that's going to be solved in one episode, I wouldn't think. And I just don't know if I want to go through any of that process. I'd prefer to see her continue to develop into the Starfire character that we know and is familiar to us. Because of all the characters, it seems like they're playing the most, the longest game with her of all the original Titans that they introduced. Between Dick, Raven, Beast Boy, and Starfire. She's the first, she's the one that's taking the longest road to get into wherever Starfire is supposed to be. Right. So when it looked like they were making more progress, we get back to Tamaranian whatever. It's like, well, is this going to help us in any way get to that progress or are we going to go backwards? To then go forwards again. I don't know. Seems like I a stop it. and go with her. Uh, Kenna, why don't you want to see Roy Harper? I'm curious. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to see Roy Harper because we, like, and it goes back to why we don't do the whole TV movie thing, but we already got him in Arrow. Like, right. I, I don't need to see <laughs> another TV Roy Harper. Um, I don't really need to see another TV Wally West. Uh, if you want to do Superboy, that's mm. fine because we don't have another Superboy. That's kind of interesting. Not, not in Supergirl, so I'm very excited to see Supergirl. Or I'm very excited to see Superboy. That is interesting that Kendall brings up that point because I don't know if I've. I mean, we, uh, technically we do have Slade, and no one really ever mentioned anything about us having an issue with seeing Slade twice. Yeah, right? but it is interesting Slade, that we never really thought about how much the Titans characters cross over with what we've had already in Arrowverse. Right. right. So this is a first real example of that, and I kind of I kind of get where Kendall's coming from. Like, I would love to see War Harper. I don't mind if they do it, but I do kind of almost feel like since we've already seen him, I'd rather see you do like Aqualad or something. And yeah, and they're bringing Aqualad yeah, to the they, season. They, yeah, they, they are doing yeah. Aqualad, and that I'm excited to see that. I'm excited to see Aqualad, mm-hmm. Roy Harper, Wally West. You know anybody that we've seen already? I have no interest. You know, like. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I just you well, look, know, man. You're the reason. We're the reason why you know DC keeps crossing those people off the Arrowverse. Exactly. You're the you're now, the guy. <laughs> if they want to do like impulse, you know, if they want to do like like I, I mean, I don't know like, Artemis. Like you know, I'd be like, I'd be oh wow, like, I want to see this. But I just I don't know. I Remember, just, we did I, have I, we did I have Artemis feel in, weird. The, in the Arrowverse. Remember, we did <laughs> yeah, have Artemis in the Arrowverse. <laughs> Miss Evelyn Sharp. <laughs> yeah, Evelyn Sharp. <laughs> they were just doing anything, man. Guggenheim didn't care. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, no, yeah. I, I, but I feel like like Slade is a different situation because I think Slade is, is like kind of a different character in the Arrowverse. You know, like, they, like yeah, yeah. I feel like he's not like the traditional Slade. Well, he's not the traditional Deathstroke. So like, that's true. You know. I like you can I I have no problem with them doing Slade over again because I feel it's gonna be kind of a completely different character. His relationship to the Titans is gonna be completely different to his relationship with Oliver. So, um, like I have no problem with that. But like, I don't need to see Wally West or, or Ray Harper or anybody else that we've seen already. There it is. It's when are we getting Nightwing? We're definitely getting. Yeah, we gonna, I think we're closer we, than maybe we think. They're they're alluding to it heavy. I can't. I can't. Yeah, the showrunner, the showrunner, I think this week or last week said that. Oh yeah, you'll be happy if you're looking forward to seeing Nightwing in the oh, season. Wow. So it's gonna happen. 
I don't think this is gonna be an end of the season thing either. I think that oh, really? I, it better not be. I, 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 I think it'll be. I think it'll be like I'd mid-season. Be like, okay, I'm fair. That's fair. I think episode six or seven. I think you'll see it anyway. This show does not. I, I they are. I get they're slow walking the the uh, the stuff with Starfire. Starfire. But besides that, this show does not slow walk anything else. You could maybe say slow walk Trigon a little bit, but I mean we got full Trigon by the end of the season, based by by the season finale slash season premiere of the next season. So they don't slow walk much. We got Jason Todd pretty quickly. We've gotten a lot of superheroes in a short amount of time. Donna Troy, Hawk and Dove. I don't think they're gonna slow walk Nightwing. And, it definitely doesn't seem like they're gonna be. And like even this episode, like Robin's like, "All right, so you're not Robin. Who are you?" And he kind of like just smiles and like, you know, very much a Batman kind of like moment for him. Yeah. He's like clearly he's thinking about something. He clearly he has an idea. So the Nightwing thing is is is, is gonna be soon. I, it's just a matter of when. And I actually I don't think it will be a last end of the season thing. I think it will happen. Episode, no no later than episode like eight or nine. That would be shocking if it was that long. Hmm. Because they're going to be crime fighting, they're going to be in action. Like, yeah, they, they're, like, they're why, billing. What's he going to be doing? <laughs> yeah, they're building. The, they're building the Titans as a, a superhero team. Right. Like this new group. They're not. He's not like oh, just hanging out with the kids. Like he's actually trying to make them a superhero team that helps people. Right. So if he's going out in the field, he's got to have some kind of costume. I think eventually, soon it'll be a Nightwing costume. Mm. I think that's going to be Bruce's aspect in this too. Is Bruce is going to help him with this new costume? Uh, I think that's another reason why Bruce is kind of in the fold. I was shocked that he was in this episode. Mm. I think we're going to see a lot more of him than I expected. Like, I don't know if every episode we're going to see him, but I think we'll see him. I think he'll be in more episodes than not. So if they're 13, uh, yeah, I agree. I think he'll be in seven, no less than seven. We already got two down already. That's true. So he's all well on his way, which I would not have expected before. I would have said maybe three or four. That's cool. Yeah, that's good. Um, but I think that's a good place to wrap the show this week, guys. So hope you guys enjoyed listening to this episode of the New Generation Hero Talk podcast. You can catch us uh, pretty much everywhere you can find podcasts on iTunes, SoundCloud, TuneIn. Uh, make sure you also catch our YouTube channel, New Generation Media. You can follow us on social media uh, on Instagram at New Generation Podcast, on Twitter at New Generation Pod, and on Facebook, New Generation Media. You can follow Shamari on social media at uh, MCShan22 on Snapchat and Twitter. Uh, Instagram, sorry. Not Twitter, Instagram. And you can follow me on Twitter, EJ underscore Stewart, on Instagram, Action EJ. Once again, that does it for now, but we will be back next week with more Hero Talk. For Shamari, for Kendall, I'm EJ. Peace.